Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What have you got here? It wants some. Do you want some biscuits? Do you know what? I'm sure these cats are addicted to their biscuits. Honestly, look at them. They just go crazy for them. I think they are. But anyway, we need to sit down and have a chat. Yes. I'm going to let them out. Come on. Come on, boys. Come on. Out you go. Out you go. See you later. Ah. We're the Speakmans, life change therapists, TV therapists and authors of our new book, Everyday Confidence, which we're really proud of. Uh, and we're a real life couple too. Although our taste in foods does differ somewhat as I like foods that are pickled and I love cabbage and sauerkraut, whereas I think Nick would rather opt for a bush tucker trial and probably eat an anus over a sprout. I actually don't recall ever being given that option. <laughs> Uh, and, and neither of them sound great to me, if I'm dead honest. <laughs> However, what we both really love is helping people deal with their anxieties, whether that's panic attacks, OCD, or, or even phobias. And this is the place where you'll hear what other people have achieved. You'll also hear our approach, a bit of clever theory too, so that you do feel that you can make a change in your life. Okay, plump up your cushions, settle in. This is Making the Change. I love my little floofies. They're so I know. cute. We should get another one, honestly. No, we Nick. introduce another member to the family. No, I think I think six cats, spiders, lizards, fish, scorpion, etc. I know, but enough. when you see that, you just think, oh, oh they're just so they're cute. They're just amazing. They're just yeah, so cute. I, anyway. I wonder if it is possible for a, a cat to be addicted to biscuits. Of course they are. Do you of course think? They are. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I mean, literally, you can be addicted to to anything you know remember, do you remember that fr- friend of mine uh, Pete I don't, I don't know if you remember him but Pete his girlfriend said that she was going to leave him because he had a poker addiction and she did leave him he thought she were bluffing so I thought she was bluffing. She you, know, you know, like yeah, when people use left. the word, though, addicted. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we say that, but it's probably not exact because the actual definition, I was looking the other day about the actual definition of addiction and on the NHS website, it said something like that it's, it's defined as when you've not got control of doing or taking or using something to the point where you're like, you can't stop and it could even become harmful. Yes. So I suppose, I don't think cat biscuits would do them too much harm, really, do you? Oh. Have but, you ever been uh, addicted to anything, Eva? Well, I have smoked in my life, if you recall. 
Yes. When we first met, I was a smoker, but learned behaviour because both my parents smoked, so I copied behaviour, which is obviously one of the one of the things that we do do. We copy behaviour. So I did smoke, but then if you remember when we met, if you remember, you said to me because I didn't think that our relationship would last. I thought oh, I'll probably give him a couple of dates and it'll be done. Oh, I've got bored with him, and um, <laughs> you said I don't. I really don't like you smoking. So I said to you, I went, Oh yeah, well, um, I'm actually quitting at New Year anyway. Like, no intention of quitting whatsoever. Just said it just to kind of, like, try and impress you because I thought, like, that, you know, you'd be, a, like, a two-date wonder. And then, lo and behold, that was in the October, and lo and behold, we get to the 31st of December, and I'm still dating you, do you remember? Yeah. And I thought, oh, my, what am I going to do now? And I am so stubborn that it was that, that because I'd said I was, I thought, well, I can't, I've said it now, I've committed, I can't, I can't not. And I remember saying to you that, and this really helped because... I was a vegetarian and you weren't. And I remember saying to you, look, if I give up smoking, you've got to give up meat. And that was the deal. And that, that really deal, helped yeah. as well. So, yeah. so realistically... But everyone now knows how stubborn you are and what I have to put up with because <laughs> uh, you are. If I were to ask you what you're addicted to, is there anything at all that you're addicted to? Do you know what? I... What I have the most of yeah. on a daily basis is peppermint tea. Yes, you do. That's it without question because I will, I will drink about six or seven in a day. However, if someone tomorrow or some new research came out and peppermint tea was detrimental for your health, I would stop it immediately. Yeah. You see, I love coffee, but I only have maybe one or two cups maximum a day and I have quite very weak as well. However, would I miss it if I was to quit it? Absolutely, yes, I would. But could I? Yes, because I've, I've gone for a long period. So the, I, I the was only thing, to smoking, though. I really was, but that was the only thing. I think, uh, and, and I'm going to confess here, there's only one thing I've been addicted <gasps> to in my life, and that's you. Ah, that's, that's it, really, yeah. honestly. Ah. But making bread is very addictive. You see, because I remember when I was making bread and, and first, you know, I was there, I was mixing the ingredients and I really enjoyed mixing the ingredients. But after a while, I needed it. <laughs> you know, because you know, my, like, my yes. mum obviously um, do, didn't speak English because she's obviously from Poland, so, but born in Germany, which is all very, very peculiar. However, to this day, it really makes me laugh that when my mum makes bread, she doesn't need bread she neds it neds it yeah she said I yeah, said, yeah, I, I, yeah, and, and if i ever if i ever at a house and i see her making bread i'll go and, and i see it like needing bread i'll go mum what are you doing because i just love it when she goes i'm nedding bread that's <laughs> so, so funny, it yeah, is funny. I'll, have to, I'll have to listen out yeah honestly it is but there's uh but we're literally talking about addiction it's, it's a strange one really because i know that our view on addiction is primarily that it's a form of self-medication, but they're, they're like so many things. And, and obviously over the years in our clinic, the amount of things that people have talked to us about uh, yeah. and things that you can be addicted to, you know, so obviously the, the more common ones are things like alcohol, cigarettes, which was me, gambling, an addiction to tanning, where they're taking something or having injections or taking tablets to stimulate the, the melanin in the skin that, to, that, that makes them look darker. And then we've had people who have been addicted to laxatives. We've worked with people uh, who have had shopping addictions. We've worked with people who have exercise addiction. Because of that feeling they get, they over-exercise. Food. Yeah. You see, food is the most overlooked addiction of all, I think. You can... Think about someone who's maybe a drug addict or an alcoholic. And, and I don't know, somehow, 
they, they get looked down upon because of the drug addicts and so on. And yet food, you know... We, we accept we, it. We, it's acceptable. And, and maybe is that why we've got a bigger problem with food addictions, because it is acceptable. Well, I think, you know, as is alcohol to, to a degree, as are cigarettes to a degree, I suppose, you know... But, but ultimately, no one... Everyone should get sympathy because... You know, no one chooses to have an addiction. No, exactly. And, and, and as you said, it's it's a um, self medication. It's a self medication. It? It's a crutch to be able to get through life, and so everyone should seek help. Yeah, really. definitely. And I and and I think that going back to the with regards to food addiction, and you're absolutely right because like you know, look at when when we were kids. You know, you would get rewarded with food, wouldn't you? So you would get, if you're good, you get food. Christmas birthdays, you'd get given chocolate and sweets. You were told if you were a good boy or a girl, then you could go to the shop. Parents might say, look, you know, if you eat all your dinner, I will then reward you with a, that's with a the thing, with, yeah, with that's, something sweet. You've got to clear your plate. Yeah. And, and there's no consideration. In, and, and, and my parents were, my parents were amazing, as you know. But, the, but again, it was like, clear your plate. So potentially you're overeating with that clearing your plate, mm-hmm. and then and you're overeating because you want a dessert. So then you're even eating more after you've overeaten in the first yeah. place. Yeah, but I mean our philosophy is very much always. You know, it's, we probably say this every day in some form or another, if not more than once a day. And that is, it's not what's wrong with you; it's it's what's happened to you. So there is always a reason behind the behaviour that you have. So when it comes to addiction or overindulging in something, you've got to ask yourself, well, what was my positive intent? Because nobody sort of decides, I'm going to overeat so that I can gain weight. I'm going to start smoking so that it's detrimental to my health. You know, that's not what happens. What tends to happen is that we do have, there's a positive intent behind it. I'd, I'd highlight just saying, of all the addictions, food is, it, it, I think, is the most complex one because, you know, you've got learnings from your parents, clear your plate, do all that stuff, you create habits, you go out with friends and you socialise and food's involved. Yes. You know, so it is more complex. You can get someone over a food addiction and make them realise, but then there's habitual behaviours that carry on. Yep. And we use our, you know, our, our visual schema detachment and we and uh, restructure. It's mouthful, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. But, but, but as you know, sometimes refer it to it, to it as our like, bungee just call technique. It the bungee technique. Yes. It's so much easier. Uh, and someone that we use that technique on is Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and Steph's here to chat with us because I'd be really interested to see how she's doing. Yeah, because we don't know, we didn't know the real full story. No. But in fact, let's, let's, let's ask her. Let's have her. a chat with her. Here she is. Hi, hi, Nick. Hi, Eva. How are you? Hi. We're really, really oh, good. good to thank see you. you. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is very lovely to see you. And, and thank you for joining us on our podcast. You're so welcome. Uh-huh. We're talking today about sort of addictions and we were just touching on chocolate and, and foods, really. And how, as you know from our workshop, that we demonstrate our visual scheme detachment and restructuring technique but sometimes it's you know we, 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 call, it we call it the bungee technique and we demonstrated that on you yeah. but we didn't know how addicted to chocolate you were until you told us afterwards so yeah. give us a little bit about your relationship with, with, chocolate. with chocolate and why you put your hand up at the workshop I guess Yes, well, um, for me, chocolate has always been probably one of my best friends and I have always loved it. I grew up in a sweet shop, but we weren't allowed to eat the sweets, obviously. And so I think when I got to an age where I could have it, buy it, whatever, you know, I was that kid that went to somebody else's birthday party and probably made themselves sick. You know, there is a bit more to my story because I did get very, very, very big. So I've lost over 10 stone, but I kept my my chocolate. I've lost all of that weight and still ate chocolate, but I didn't eat food 
I just ate chocolate. My mum was an avid dieter and, you know, from a very early age, we had to count our calories. So this is where I learned to know that, you know, the calories did count. So even when I was losing weight, all the food went because then I could just have the right amount of calories. But I had it in chocolate and my kids have all laughed at me because I used to do what's called a chocolate buffet. And being that we have a shop on the front of our house, I mean, they they used to love mummy's chocolate buffets because I would go in and get one of everything and put it on a big meat plate. And we would go, mummy's chocolate buffet. (laughs) And, um, you know, it was disgusting, really, because now I talk about it, it actually makes me feel a bit sick, (laughs) which is really funny. When you say that you you substituted food with chocolate how much chocolate would you have in a day well I got to the point where I didn't eat I didn't eat breakfast didn't eat lunch I would just eat in the evening and then I would want chocolate and then I would nip down in the shop and think oh what do I fancy tonight and one bar would turn into two um I like proper chocolate if you like bars of chocolate so sometimes I'd fancy galaxy and I adore any or did adore anything in a chocolate shape I love chocolate santas I love easter eggs I love the lint bunnies you know I mean anything that was fun but it would you know if I was driving somewhere if it was longer than sort of 10-15 minutes I'd be thinking now which way um, has got a garage where I could get something to eat before I get home you know, that you're then maybe hiding the wrappers. That is a massive addiction because I love cars, but one thing (laughs) I dislike about having a car is having to call into a garage to get petrol, right? So the fact that you were going in just to get the chocolate is, like, incredible. So, yeah, you were a massive addict, right? So how did it change? Well, you know, when I sat down with you and I had my daughter Amber with me and, um, you know, and you did your thing which is just incredible because really it's just a a change of direction, isn't it? And it's a few words, but that have such a profound effect, but you don't really realise at the time because as I sat back down, you know, my daughter said, and that wasn't being cynical about you, but about me really, because she's all like, that's going to help, you know, because she knew (laughs) how much I ate. So none of them can believe it were more than me, but the children just can't can't get over it because obviously what we actually did was we said right we're going to demonstrate uh, this technique that will just put you off chocolate and I think we mentioned at that point that both Nick and I more so me I was an, a mass cho- chocoholic um, and that was about 15 years ago and did the same thing that we did with you at the workshop and I haven't eaten it since and what I think is great about that technique and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment is that you actually don't miss it. Because when Nick would say to me, I'll do it for you, I'll do it for you, I'll do it for you. And I, I, kept, I kept going, yeah, I want to. But then I'd think, no, I, I'm not having you taking my precious chocolate away from me. Because I worried that I would crave it or, or, or feel that I needed it or that I missed it. Yeah, and I'm interested to see if you feel the same way as I do, that the minute that we did the technique, it was like, what chocolate? I, I don't even want it. Why would I even miss? Why would I even miss it? It's a real switch for me or it was a switch in my head and, and I suppose for you, you you're still walking past it every day in your shop aren't you well yes and I do sometimes think oh you know oh I want something yummy you know this is what we do in our house we go oh something yummy you know and we tap our tummy or our lips or something and then we walk in the shop and then I sometimes I've walked in there and I thought well, well what did I come in here for you know I've it's just so off my radar that's the bit I can't believe I just don't want it I just you know 
I mean, no one is more shocked than me that that could have happened when I loved it so much. You don't miss it one bit. I mean, like you don't crave it, don't miss it. I don't crave it. I sometimes, I mean, what have we had just then? Probably had Easter, didn't we? I mean, I was I was grateful we got through Easter and I didn't want it. But, you know, I did love it. And I, I sort of am missing away that sort of social part of it. But... No, I just don't want it. And it's not just the chocolate. I don't want anything that's got a chocolate chip in it or if it's a dessert and a rest. I don't want it if, you know, it's like, why has everything got to be chocolate? You know, I find myself saying things like that. It's bizarre. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I so understand. And it is hard to understand unless you've gone through it yourself. So let's just have a little a little chat about that. Um, so our technique with the chocolate is based on understanding how how you perceive it and code chocolate, if you recall. As so what we did with you, we asked you to visualise yeah. the schema of chocolate and, and, and tell us where you visualised that picture to be. And you said that that was right in front of your face. Yes, right there, right by my mouth, ready to pop in. <laughs> yeah. That's what it was, yes. And then we asked you, and when we knew where that picture was, we then asked you to visualise something that you would never eat. Now, I can't remember what that was, Steph, so you're going to have to remind us. What did we link it well, to? Well, we went down the meat and offal sort of route because we don't eat meat and that I just find repulsive and we went down... Exactly, and I think that's sort of... the, the key point here is that it's called the Garcia effect where you attach anything like nauseating to something. Or if you, so... so what we did, we found where you visually saw the schema of offal, offal which was quite icky. a long way off. And we described that to you and you felt nauseous. And then what we did, we said, right, okay, we're going to move the chocolate. And you saw us basically take the image that you had in your mind and move it over and drop it in the offal. And then the two become combined <laughs> So what we're actually doing is detaching the schema that you visualised and then we are restructuring it with the food that you would never, ever eat. So in a, in a, in a nutshell, what we did was we've, we found the image of your chocolate and we moved it further away from you to actually be in the same positioning as the offal and then we really ramped it up. And restructured the way that you envisage yeah. chocolate yeah and then we just sort of got you to imagine the chocolate the offal all together i'm sure that we threw in a choice few little bits in there to kind of make <laughs> you feel even more Egh. i can feel it i feel a bit sickly just I'm talking gonna, about it you know the I'm, thought of chocolate and yeah offal. i'm gonna oh. say steph and the reason if you probably remember that we asked you to bite a chocolate bar and we said you know out of 10 how much did you want this and you, you had the bite and then we give you a drink of water and if you ever wondered why we did that we did that to get rid of the taste because if we'd not asked you to get rid of the taste with the drink of water and you still had the chocolate in your mouth or you could taste it in your throat and then we did the technique, you would just want to throw up. Right. Yeah. Because because it was there. I don't know if you ever thought of that, but, but literally when we started working with this technique, if we didn't give someone a drink of water and they could still taste it when we're doing the restructuring, they would then want to yeah. throw up, but which it, isn't great in front of a group yeah, of people. But, but it is such a simple technique, don't oh, you think? Yeah, totally. I mean, that's like I said, my daughter, oh, you know, how's that going to help you? You know, because she knew how strong it was and it is just... The mind, isn't it? And the word and a few words and exactly. But, but that. the interesting thing is, Steph, and just consider that everything that you've ever eaten in your life, you've created 
a schema in relation to that food. A schema being a reference. Yeah, as you know. So essentially, you and this is the great thing, and I don't know if you've tried it since, but you can move these references all the time. So foods, you know, if they know there's foods that you want to eat and you think, oh, I'd really like that. And I don't know if we mentioned this to you. We had a lady that came to one of our workshops and she had a phobia of any green foods, but she said, you know, I know I should be eating things like broccoli. And we said, okay, where do you picture that? And that was like far away where you saw the offal. And we brought that forward for her because she said, you know, it's affecting my health not eating uh, green foods. Uh, and then she started, it was so funny because by the end of the day, she was eating raw broccoli. So you can wow. you can actually use it in reverse. It, like I say, it's such a simple technique just based upon how you see things, where you perceive positioning of those things in sort of comparison to your positioning. So um, how's life changed for you since then? Well, I, I eat food, <laughs> which is better, isn't it? You know, I mean, I always cooked my husband and my family, so it wasn't as I wasn't cooking. And, you know, and I do love cooking and I always cook from scratch. So, no, it's just better. It's just, you know, it was driving me, wasn't it? And it was disgusting. And I was fully aware that it was, you know, I felt it was disgusting what I was doing um, and wasn't right. And I think as you're getting older, you know, those things become more mindful of it, don't you? You become thinking, well, I've got to start looking after this. I can't go on like this, you know. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Can I ask you a question? Um... What would happen if, say, I accidentally ate a bit? I don't know. Just say, I mean, would I? You're using really strong words like disgusting. Why would you ever eat anything that's disgusting? I have eaten it by mistake once or twice, maybe. Only a fraction of it. Uh, We used to tell people to just avoid it because our worry is that you might recode it due to the fact that obviously you know foods do help to release sort of feel-good hormones so certainly like things like chocolate so our worry is that if you were to try it and that were to happen however 
Uh, we've both done the same technique to ourselves. We have both eaten chocolate by mistake. In error. In yes. error, but only a little bit. And it, actually, it made me feel incredibly sick. So I felt okay. nauseous, but it was a quite a while afterwards. So, uh, but like I said, I think we're about 15 years on now. And it just has... It, I find it hard to understand now, 15 years on, how I ever had any desire for it. It's got no value in my life whatsoever. I don't. I don't. I, I just don't get it. And in fact, over the years, whilst we've been demonstrating this technique with chocolate, you know, chocolate is one of the most addictive things on the planet because you know it's high sugar content, it's high fat content. You know, it's addictive because you can't just have one piece. You've got to finish the whole bar, and not just like a single bar, a family bar on your own that's meant for a family. Right? That's how addictive it is. And, you know, we've been demonstrating it, say, for such a long time. And, and now if you go, when we do lives on our social media, a lot of people come in and say, oh, I'm a year without chocolate. I'm two years without chocolate. I'm five years without chocolate. And the only, the only time I've, I've known of someone to go back to chocolate, and it was a lady that contacted us, and she said that she always had a group of friends, and I think that they were jealous because she stopped eating chocolate. And those friends were... Oh, yeah, but you've not tried this chocolate. Just try this. Just have a little bit. You know, just try one. You don't have to have any... And, and people were always trying to do that with her. And she said that she got invited to a party. And this is after about five years of no chocolate whatsoever. She got invited to a party and she'd had a few drinks and they had a chocolate fountain. And a lot of people were saying, oh, try the chocolate fountain. She says, I don't do chocolate. I don't do it. But they had some strawberries next to the chocolate fountain. And she was eating the strawberries and some said, just dip it in there. Just try it. And she did do... And then after that, she started systematically just going back to chocolate, right? But that was because, and she, she, you know, made sense of it herself. She said, because I had too much to drink, I had pressure from my friends, and it wasn't like eating some chocolate, it was liquid because it was in the fountain. She said, those things got me back into it again. So that's the only time that I actually know. Um, and that's probably one in many hundreds. Oh, more than hundreds, probably. Yeah. 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 And for me, I did have a really, you know, maybe it's a bit of a eureka moment, but we have a, you know, I've got a garage a bit further down the road and I went in there for something and I stood there in the queue waiting and I looked and I said to myself, oh, that's disgusting. Why do they have to put all that chocolate by the counter while I was queuing to pay? And then I thought, oh, did I say that? <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah, just incredible, incredible. So thank you so much. Ah. <laughs> Amazing. Ah, well, listen, thank you so, so much for Can't joining us Can't wait to there. see, you, see yes. you again. Hopefully when we see you at the next workshop, we, we'll be allowed to hug. So you, you get <laughs> yes, yes. that'd be great. Well, you, you get wonderful. in a very big squeeze. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you both so much. Bye. 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 What's interesting with chocolate and things like food is that our our technique of sort of the visualization and moving the positioning and the applying and the restructuring the, yeah the restructuring yes. of it that addition of nausea and things that you would just like wouldn't want to eat that works brilliantly with different types of foods however when it comes to other addictions you know such as like your shopping addictions or alcohol or, or gambling drugs, or, or drugs gamble. you've got to look for you've got to look for what I mean, was the starting yeah, point what? Because what, what, what you've got to understand is that, and as we've said, and, and, and even, you know, there's always, always a reason. But interesting, in Steph's point of view, you know, all she wanted to do was 
have those things that she weren't allowed as a child. Yes. And she took them in excess. Yeah. Any form of addiction. I don't I really don't like that word really because what it actually is, it's some no. form of self medication. I I want to improve my nice mood. Word, I want is it, to change really? my state. So, you know, why do people start to self-medicate you know why does that happen and usually it's because of some emotional wound from the past for example and that emotional wound is like a wound in that it festers whilst it's unresolved whilst it's not dealt with that carries on causing you some sort of pain almost like infection from what happened but the whatever it is you're addicted to is really a distraction from yeah. this pain in your life exactly that so that's when we say self-medicating what it's actually doing is that you've had something about in the past and you you almost want to escape from it you almost want to so it, it, it's like an escapism it is like a, a a temporary relief or a coping mechanism you know due to something or it, it's kind of Actually, for some, it's almost like I can just switch off for a little bit and I don't have to deal with that emotional pain. So it's kind of like basically just detaching ourselves in any way we can from a situation. So there is that kind of, I just, I can't cope with this right now. I don't want to deal with this or this really hurts me. So I will numb the pain, the emotional pain. But it's only temporary. But it is only only temporary. It's only temporary and a lot of people that are addicted they get that temporary elevation of mood a bit of a high yeah. they feel better but then they crash down and then afterwards they feel regret because of what they've done yeah and, and then um, and then and after effects yeah you feel regret you feel shame you feel embarrassment you feel like you're a failure because you've not been able to stop and then and then it happens again because you feel you've got your emotional wound that was there festering you've now also got those feelings of shame, regret, embarrassment. Yeah, and, on top. And, and, so uh, you want to block that out again. And so you don't want to maybe take drugs or drink, but you can't cope with that that additional pain. And so it starts again. That's right. But as like Steph said, hiding the, the, the wrappers. Yeah. Going to the going to the garage and and getting something and eating it in secret and hiding that. Listen, the first thing is like don't feel bad. Don't feel bad, but you've got to ask for help. You know, you've got to ask for help because there is always a positive intent with an addiction and whether that's to change your state whether that's to change your mood whether that's to feel a bit braver or that's because you're just feeling very lonely and you're down and you just want to lift your mood in some way or even just shut the world away there's always something so your first step in in actually getting better is to really consider number one what when did it start what was going on in my life back then what's my positive intent now what is it i'm trying to block what is it i'm trying to achieve because that positive intent, albeit destructive, is some sort of a coping mechanism. So and going back it? to, we talk about it all the time, a timeline. Look at a timeline. What was it that drove you to that thing that you're now addicted to? Yeah. And, and when you know what that is and you know the circumstances and you've got a timeline, then seek therapy to help heal. Yes. Yeah, I do. And, and, and that issue and that I do think, it. Yeah. And, and don't ever feel ashamed or embarrassed to ask for help. Never. But you've got to, you know, to, to overcome an addiction, ask for help, have therapy, take a timeline with you, understand what kind of wounds were going on in the past. And even in the here and now, because you've got to, you know, you've got to understand that people who maybe have issues with heartbreak or might be going through some sort of financial issues in the here and now will also maybe try and block out those bad feelings by just changing the state for a short periods. So you've got to look for the cause. And, and and then because knowing that there was a positive intent in the first place to allow you to get on with your life, 
what could the positive intent be for you to stop? Yes. Right. What What is the benefits for that? Yeah. You know, and one of those things might be to do it for someone else. Yes. You know, it might be that like I didn't want you to smoke, for example, and and you stopped smoking because. You did it for me. I did. I did do it for you. But in doing so, did it for yourself. Yes, absolutely. But then, yeah. and then that's another thing that we can do is to work on raising our self-esteem by writing down... Realising that you, you are better than any addiction because ultimately, whatever you may be addicted to, you're giving that your power, right? That's got the power over you and you're better than that. Yes. You, you know, you've got to realise that you're better than whatever that thing is. Right, you've got the power over it and not the other way around. Yeah. And get angry towards it. At some point in your life, you gave it the power through positive intent, but now get angry at it. Don't let it have the power over you and, and look at the benefits of you taking back control. Mm. And, and, and don't worry about saying, you know, don't, don't even say, you know, that's it, I'm never doing it again, because that, that in itself can be quite scary. Just, just consider, yeah. right, I'm, you know, I'm not going to smoke for the next hour. I'm not going to have a drink I'm not doing it now, for, yeah. just for today. And then evaluate it again the next day and then decide to do another day. And when I, when I quit smoking, I literally, I had cigarettes on my windowsill in my bedroom and I lived at home with my parents. I remember them being there. And I remember thinking, right, I'm not going to touch those and I'm just going to ignore them till lunchtime. And then when lunchtime came, I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh, okay, right, I'm just going to ignore them now till tea time. And I literally just did it in small increments until when I'd done that first day, I thought, all right, well, I'll just go again till lunchtime and see how it goes. And and it just got easier and easier as time went on. But we also have to find a purpose because I think that if, you know, if we've got a positive distraction, then that will take away from the need to, to sort of self-medicate and will start to help you to feel better about yourself. Because if you have purpose, then you will feel proud of the things that you've done and you will start to feel better. Again, raise your self-esteem so that you know that you are worth it, that, you, that you're worth getting better, that you do deserve to be healthy and to be who you are let's just deal with those things from the past as well and if it's food then then use our detachment technique that we we discussed with Steph because it's it's highly effective the fact of the matter is addiction is not for life and so no matter what you've been told you do not have to be addicted to anything at all for life and while I'm saying that and I'm going to contradict it straight away I'm addicted to you for life that's all right though I'll let you have that one There are plenty more really inspiring people coming up over the next couple of weeks. And the way to make sure you don't miss any of those stories is to subscribe to our podcast. That way you'll be notified when a new episode is available. Do you have any credible story that you'd like to share with us? If so, we'd love to invite you on here for a natter. So get in touch by using the hashtag MakingTheChange. And we're on Facebook, The Speakman's Official, on Instagram, The Speakman's, or on Twitter, The Underscore Speakman's. And don't forget, you can also leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading those reviews, especially when the five-star ones, don't we, Eva? We really do. And thank you so much again to lovely Steph. She was amazing. Such a joy. Yeah, she really was. It was such a joy to catch up with her. And thank you to our lovely producer, Anushka Tate, for Orion Publishing Limited. Finally, a very, 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 very big thank you to you for listening. We do appreciate it so much. So until next time, keep keep making making the change. change. Bye. This podcast is not a substitute for medical or psychological intervention, nor is the content intended to replace therapy or medical help or advice. We would therefore always strongly encourage you to speak with your doctor or 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Health professional about how you are feeling and also to inquire about counseling or therapy.